something we hope you'll really like. Okay, what's up, everyone? It's Dr. Giancarlo and... Dr. Plant. And we are... Beyond the Knife. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> that was great. That's great. So, that definitely got to be our new permanent intro. So tonight, or today, depending on where you're listening... Uh, we are going to be talking about everything that's wrong with smoking in the five horrific, horrible, odious things that go along with smoking. And to kick this off, Matt is going to hit us with number one. So number one, I think, is the uh, most obvious thing. It will kill you eventually. Um, how is it going to kill you? I think we know from, uh, at least in Canada, on the cigarette packages, anyone who smokes is sort of faced with every single way they can possibly die on a daily basis when they pull that pack out. But, uh, you know, I would say the highlights are uh, emphysema, COPD, lung cancer, of course. Um, those are probably the big ones. And then uh, accidentally setting your house on fire. That's there another way that uh, smoking can kill you. So there's, there's a, like, and that is reason enough why you should quit smoking today. But I'll give you number two is that uh, it will make your plastic surgery results either worse than they could have been, or you will have complications that you did not need to have. And so what am I talking about? Well, for example, a BBL, the fat is not going to survive very well if you're smoking. It prevents oxygenation of those precious fat cells. And in, a, say, a tummy tuck or a facelift, you could actually get skin necrosis and have issues with healing. So why would you smoke after these two reasons? I don't know, but we got some more for you. <laughs> There's just so much three? more on point for this podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you had a rough day. See, a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, Dr. Plant, we're not just podcast dudes. We are fully trained, busy plastic surgeons. And, you know, he had a monster day. I had a monster day. And now we're here tackling a monster issue, smoking. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so number three, again, completely unrelated to surgery is that it will ruin your enjoyment of food. And, oh, uh, those of you who follow Dr. Giancarlo and I know that both of us are very into food. Oh, um, how can you not? He's got, he's got a thing for tacos. I got a thing for burgers, but I definitely will never turn down a taco if it's put in front of me. Yeah. So or I mean, pizza or taste- anything else. Yeah, your food is going to taste like ash. Your taste buds are going to be desensitized. The question you have to ask yourself is why? Like, why are you still smoking? I don't know. I ask smokers that and you get funny answers about why they do it. A lot of you, I think, will will not be able to answer that right away. You'll have to think about it. Because if you really think about it, that you don't have a good reason to be smoking. Have you ever heard a good reason why someone's smoking? I have not. I've heard reasons why people started smoking, but there's never a good reason that they continued smoking. Although I did once hear a good reason that someone would start smoking under certain conditions, um, (laughs) which was kind of interesting. Someone who- Don't give that reason because my patients are going to use it. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. (laughs) They'll be like, well, Dr. Plant gave me a great reason to start smoking, totally defeating the purpose of the show. (laughs) Yeah, believe me, this reason's not 
not worth okay, it. Good. Um, so someone who was a very long time smoker, this is probably about 15 years ago when the situation was a little bit different with this disease, but, um, you know, had quit for 20 years, but it was like very clear, like, you know, he is a smoker for life. He just happens to not be smoking now and for the past 15 years and potentially indefinitely. But he was very clear that if he was ever diagnosed with AIDS or another terminal illness, he would go straight to the store and pick up a pack of smokes. Now, this is, of course, when AIDS was a terminal illness. Now it's much more uh, of a chronic disease if you medicate it properly. So I definitely would not recommend going and starting smoking if you get diagnosed with HIV or AIDS or anything. But, you know, his logic is that if he's going to die in the next couple of years anyways, might as well do it. And uh, I don't know, hard to argue with that one. Well, I get why some people smoke. Like, it's a stimulant. Of course, we've all tried cigarettes um, you know, they work, they, they give you a good feeling. A lot of people use it for stress, for anxiety. So what I tell my patients is number one, yes, you already know smoking's going to kill you. Number two, you know, there's gonna be problems with plastic surgery, but then they'll be like, well, then what do I do? And I think the best thing to do is replace it with something healthier. So whether it's exercise, whether it's, you know, uh, some fun activity, whether it's, you know, sports, a hobby, something that you can really, you know, get your mind off of things. Cause I feel like, a lot of times the root cause of why someone smokes is anxiety or it's some kind of mental, Absolutely. mental habitual thing that gives them comfort, you know, just the mechanism or the ritual of smoking. It gives them comfort. So you just have to build a new ritual, uh, whatever it is that it's going to be individual for you. And I, I feel like the patients that have quit smoking, it's because they were found a healthy thing to replace it with in their lives. Yeah, that's a good point. You, uh, I don't actually think that you can, get rid of habits. I think you can really only replace them with mm -hmm. hopefully better ones. Healthier. Uh, and so I, I think we're, we're doing good with the list and I'll give another one. I think number four is that everything stinks like smoke. Oh, that was going to be mine. And <laughs> I stole that. Well, you stole a food one. So that was a good one. So right I think everything stinks. Like, you know, if you ever go to a smoker's house or a smoker's clothing or a smoker's car, it is just a terrible smell. And I think you don't really appreciate it until you're a non-smoker because that goes back to point number three. You can't get the food. And I just think it's a kind of a terrible way to live going around smelling like that really smoker's odor all the time. Um, maybe this is more of like a cosmetic kind of thing, but, or not like a, as good as the first three reasons, but I think it's a pretty powerful reason to stop. If, if, if you're the only smoker around, you're going to smell pretty bad. Definitely. And it's not just the cigarettes. It's more like, you and your clothing and your yes. stuff afterwards. Like, I don't love the smell of an actual burning cigarette, but the smell of a smoker five minutes after that cigarette is it's bad. Like, so much more problematic. And then you can't even sell your house. Like the, the, the resale value on a smoker, like when I was looking for condos here, there was a few older condos that had not been rent. Like in Florida, you can get cheaper condos with great views that haven't been renovated yet like since the eighties or seventies. And some of those places you could tell it was a smoker. It was like, get me out of here. So we're kind of veering off from medical, but maybe resale value of your house. is That's a right. reason to stop smoking. On top of all the money you save by not buying the cigarettes. That That's might number be your five. Retirement plan. Please take that as number five. Cause then we'll have an actual number five list that we could put in the title money. That's right. Enough money over time to pay for a fantastic cosmetic procedure with Dr. Giancarlo. <laughs> or Dr. Plant, because, you know, I think cigarettes are probably more expensive in Canada because the Canadian government taxes them to discourage their use. I'm not sure how it works here in the U.S. It's probably not like that. 
I have no idea. <laughs> I know that like when I go to the gas station, I see the signs now, it's like $17 a pack, which uh, seems crazy. crazy. It's really crazy. But the good news is that I think the word is out in plastic surgery. You know, when I first was mentioning this to my uh, older colleague, when I first graduated, he was like, I operate on smokers. But I think now that's becoming less and less common. Do you find that as well? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot less people smoke now than that's true. used to. That's but, true. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think people have less tolerance for it. I have less tolerance because I think, you know, every plastic surgeon, if you've been doing it long enough, you're going to have a horror story. And I got mine to share. You know, I, I'm very strict with smoking. I, I say four to six weeks. I used to be flexible. Now it's like six weeks, no smoking. I used to say four weeks. And I test for nicotine. And I had a patient who tested positive. Luckily, they were local. So I said, let's just wait a couple of weeks, come back, uh, or it was like 10 days or something, and we'll test again. And if you're negative, we'll do it. Because I assumed if you test negative for nicotine, that that you know, action on the blood vessels and the healing that we talked about earlier would have resolved. Mm-hmm. Silly me. When I did the surgery, you know, uh, this patient opened up at almost every incision. And that was weird because she was otherwise healthy, otherwise young. It was just a very heavy smoker. Uh, and if it, if she had just opened up in one place, I would have been like, oh, that was a local factor, a technical factor, something. But the fact that all of her incisions opened up, I was like, this is systemic. This is the smoking. Um, and, you know, she did heal eventually. She looks great now. But that was a very scary short period of time that I feel like could have been avoided um, if she had never been a smoker. Definitely. And I bet it took longer for her to heal those wounds up too, because of that smoke in history. Yeah. And that's definitely probably true. You know, I need to use a wound vac. And for people who don't know that there's this cool technology, that's like a bandaid that sucks the wound edges together. Uh, and that really, and, oh, and hyperbaric I use. And so I was trying to just oxygenate those wounds and now she's a non-smoker. And it's funny, this is why I'm so on this topic because I was literally counseling her the other day about like, have you found an, a new replacement therapy? Have you found a uh, sorry, a new replacement for smoking because I want to do another surgery for her. She, you know, she's a great patient. She wants to do more surgery, believe it or not, even after that uh, yeah. experience. Uh, and, and I just said, you know, you cannot smoke and surgery is going to make you stressed out and you cannot go back to that, to that habit. So we'll see. Yeah, that's a, a very important point. And the other thing that people don't always know, and I make sure to tell them this at their pre-ops Cause usually when you ask like, are you a smoker? They're like, no, I don't smoke, but I vape or <laughs> I chew gum or I'm on the patch. And when it comes to things like wound healing in particular, nicotine is the problem. It's not the smoking. Right. Um, do you want to explain what the nicotine does that causes that? So that well, people I- can understand why it's not the cigarette. It's the actual nicotine that causes the problem. Well, I agree with this, but I also think it's the smoke and the chemicals in the smoke. And I'll give you a reason why, marijuana smoking. I just feel like, you know, we'll we'll finish on your nicotine topic, but I just feel like, you know, we need to talk about like smoking other things because all my patients want to ask about marijuana smoking. And I just Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, I don't know how much evidence there is behind it, but that action of the flame and the cigarette and that smoke is what really can cause damage uh, to the tissues locally, as, as well as, you know, the lungs, uh, during intubation. And I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Actually, you answer the nicotine question because I sure. feel like I don't want to steal your thunder. And then we'll we'll talk about smoking other stuff. Way to answer my question with a question. <laughs> um, hey, yeah. 
So, I mean, what I explain to patients whenever I tell them why they shouldn't be smoking is that nicotine has an impact on the tiniest blood vessels in your body. It causes every blood vessel to constrict, but it's only when you get to the end of that tree where your blood vessels can be so small that basically one red blood cell can fit through them at a time. And, um, you know, these red blood cells will kind of like line up and, and get through there and deliver oxygen to the tissue. But every time nicotine gets there, it causes the muscle in the wall of that blood vessel to contract. And those ones that are so small, when they contract, they completely close off. So for the entire time that you're having that cigarette, which is, you know, five-ish minutes, and then, you know, for a good 10, 15 minutes afterwards, there's basically no blood supply going to your surgical sites. So how are we going to expect those things to heal. heal if they have no blood going to them? And the important factor that I learned, you know, I guess I kind of already knew, but I learned the hard way is that even when the person has stopped smoking, if they've been a long time smoker, that effect on blood vessels, I think is like a long, long term effect where the, you know, because you're chronically blocking small blood vessels, they probably die off. So you have less vessels to, to heal with. You know, if you're a chronic smoker, you're just going to heal badly, even if you've stopped for four to six weeks. Yeah. You Plus know? you've trashed your lungs and uh, they're not going to oxygenate your blood as well as um, they would otherwise. So mm -hmm. less oxygen starting on the red blood cells, then they can't get to the tissues. Um, it's just a recipe for disaster. And then so, if you're using like a patch, you have this constant stream of nicotine. So you don't even get those periods between cigarettes where yeah. the vessels open up. It's just constantly clamped down. And, and I think, you know, just to go back to my rant about marijuana smoking, to me, it's, it's, it's because probably if it was pure marijuana or if it was, it, you know, if there weren't any some maybe potential nicotine byproducts, you know, people roll it with tobacco or in the papers that they use. It's probably, that's the problem, but I've had so many patients that have tested positive for nicotine that swear up and down, they only smoke marijuana. And I think that's to clarify the point is that, uh, that's why I don't let them smoke anything. And I'm just like, if you're going to do marijuana, it's gotta be like an edible, which I'm okay with around surgery. What are your thoughts on, on marijuana? Yeah. I give similar advice. Um, you know, I'm not aware of any like evidence about the cannabis itself causing problems with wound healing or anything like that. But absolutely, if it's mixed with tobacco, then you might as well be smoking a cigarette. Um, cannabis though does mess with the lungs a bit. So anesthesia is going to be a little bit more difficult, You're going to wake up coughing and there's going to be a lot more phlegm. So there are risks with the waking up part of anesthesia. Um, but also what mostly convinces my patients to not smoke cannabis after surgery is that um, coughing uh, happens yes. a lot when people smoke coughing. joints, I think more than cigarettes. And if you've just had a tummy tuck, coughing is like death. Like it feels horrible. And the last thing you want to do is, you know, go smoke a joint and have yourself hacking up a lung while we've just repaired your muscles. Um, the level of pain that, you would experience doing that a lot. I don't even think I can put into words. So uh, I also tell people like, if you're going to do it, edibles are, are fine, but like, don't smoke anything for a good yeah. six weeks after surgery. No, I agree. I think it's good advice. So we, I think we've covered smoking. We hopefully we've changed a mind or two that is interested in surgery to just put down the cigarette. Uh, you'll live longer. You'll smell better. You'll have more money in your pocket. I mean, 
What do you got to lose? <laughs> what else do you need to hear? <laughs> what else do you need to hear? Oh yeah, and tacos will t- and hamburgers will taste better. That's so right. that's it. This was definitely Quit beyond for the, the tacos. Knife. This was a definitely way beyond the knife. <laughs> way beyond the knife. We also, I think, totally neglected that it messes with your skin, gives you wrinkles, lots of oh things God. that affect people's appearance. That oh my would God, be within How our area. That yeah, we okay, fine. Let's let's well, amend. We said this five list. things, so we can't we can't touch it. That's number six. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? That's a that's because I was ra- I was get off of my rant. No, but a hundred percent. If you guys ever see a long-term smoker's lips and skin. It is extremely sallow, yellow, um, uh, thin, rink, the fine lines and wrinkles. The smoke really, really ages you. I can't believe you missed that. Yeah. So forget what you're spending well, let's on Let's cover cigarettes. it out. So we didn't, <laughs> we're too focused on food. That's what. That's right. <laughs> Clearly we're <laughs> like recording this around dinner time. <laughs> it was like, we're talking about food, money, and smell, but yeah, it's skin. The aging is, is really, really dramatic. Um, many studies will have backed this up about the aging effects with twin studies, et cetera, looking at the effects yeah. on the skin. Um, uh, it's probably a multifactorial. Like it's not just the, the, the actual skin around the face, like getting smoke, but also systemically the nicotine cutting off the small blood vessels to the skin. Yeah, definitely. And my favorite thing in the world is to see someone come in, spend $500 on like Botox and fillers to get rid of wrinkles and then step out of the clinic, get onto the sidewalk and then just puff away and develop those perfect (laughs) smokers lines around their mouth. Oh man. Yeah. That's brutal. Um, okay. Well, I think this has been, this is a good place to close it. We didn't miss anything. We talked a lot about important topic in plastic surgery. So thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time when you are smoke free. (laughs) Beyond the knife, knife, knife.